Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am all in to tell you about today's show. I'm sorry about the delay. It just seemed like my audio uh, wasn't working. I'm having to do this from my cell phone, so let's hope that it works. (laughs) All right, then. Okay, so... What are we here for? I discuss on this show, if you're new to the show, I discuss men's issues. I am the men's advocate, and we talk about dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, male hobbies, men's rights, and more. I'll also be talking about excerpts from my book, my men's book, Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life forever. You don't want to miss out on that. And you can find my book on Amazon. You can get it either in the uh, paperback version or downloaded in a few seconds, uh, the ebook version. All right. So anyway, I'm all in to tell you about today's show. We are talking about the rise of female infidelity. Oh, yeah. Not male infidelity, female infidelity. So for many, Being unfaithful in whatever form is an unthinkable betrayal of marriage vows. That being said, female infidelity is on the rise. Technology makes it easy. Being in the workforce makes it easy. Less societal stigma with cheating, all these things make it easy. Should women go there or is something else going on? Let's find out, shall we? All right, well, the passion died away in her marriage, and Jessica still loved her husband, but she wasn't prepared to forego a satisfying love life. Instead, after years of sexual disappointment, she took an unprecedented course of action. She went online to look for a lover. (laughs) All right, so one day, I had just had it, she said, I really wish I could remember what exactly caused me to search online for that someone because it's not like me at all, she says. She's 46 years old, uh, who, and who this person went on to have a passionate affair. Well, Gina, age 53 and married for 25 years, had a similar experience. She says that she finally decided after many years of no sex deserves to have her needs met. I got you very much. Um, just hold on one second. I got to turn on a particular application while I'm doing this just to be sure. All right. Sorry. Da, 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 da. All right. Let's do... Okay. Gotcha. All right, so anyway, meanwhile, Heather confessed that she had also gone looking for a lover because a lack of sex 
drove her crazy. These are just some of the real women's voices and regarding female infidelity, which experts believe is on the increase. For many, being unfaithful in whatever form is an unthinkable betrayal of marriage vows. Yet in some ways, these women are not exceptional. They're in good jobs, often with children, um, and what they would classify as otherwise happy marriages, sometimes churchgoers, infidelity wasn't something that they would consider before. Their problems were unfulfilling routine sex or no intimacy at all with their husbands or long-term partners or craving for sexual variety and novelty are far from unique. Significantly, though, none of these women want to give up on their marriage, marriages or, their, or love their husband any less. Yet, they were, tempted to look, they were tempted to look elsewhere for sexual fulfillment when perhaps in the past they would have just put up with it. The researcher found that many women say, my marriage is pretty great, but I think about other men all the time. It seems more and more women are prepared to act on those thoughts and seek sexual satisfaction outside the marriage. So here's my opinion on that. Why are these women going to this, uh, going to this habit, right? I think it's because they are stressed, overworked, frustrated with the husband, no date nights, no time away from the kids, and they don't feel special. That's my take on it. All right. So what do the stats say? Well, women are 40% more likely to cheat on their husbands than in 1990. Wow. All right. Many experts suggest that in reality, the figures are much, are, are likely much higher, okay, because there is still a stigma associated with women who admit to infidelity. One study found that up to 50% of women admit to being unfaithful to a partner at some point. Now, let's see here. the most frustrating app. It's so difficult to do all this by phone. And I, I greatly apologize. We've got to get that sound thing. Um, sound thing fixed. Oh. All right. Well, I was going to say call in, but then on my cell phone, I have no way of knowing that you are calling in. Well, if you can call in... <laughs> Uh, call in at 323-642-1677. Again, that call-in number is 323-642-1677. All right. Let me see if there's a different way if I can figure out if you're on the line or not. Hmm. I don't see a way to do this from the phone. Oh, well. (sighs) Okay, let's carry on here. (laughs) It's going to be one of those days, isn't it? All righty. 
one more thing I got to do. Okay. All right. Many experts suggest that in reality, the figures are, are likely much higher because there is still a stigma associated with women who admit to infidelity. One study found that up to 50% of women admit to being unfaithful to a partner at some point. Men used to cheat at much higher rates compared to women, but this infidelity gap between the sexes appears to be narrowing all the time as women grow increasingly increasingly vocal about telling the world what they don't want they may feel more comfortable telling the world what they do want <laughs> all right for many it will not be monogamy many of the research subjects took a my needs first approach to solving their sexual issues. According to a researcher, the women looked for men with the physical attributes they desired and avoided those who seemed emotionally needy or who were looking for relationships. I don't think this is necessarily true. All right, so if a man's performance didn't match up to expectations, I'm gonna say yes to that one, or he started getting too close, I'm going to say no to that one. Women don't choose men because they're, you know, getting too attached. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so they would move on to the next one without a second thought. They also, uh, they also left when the feeling of exhilaration about being in a new sexual partnership had faded. This one I'm going to say yes to. Women do leave for that reason. Having chosen a husband or a partner who did not satisfy them sexually, they were not going to put up with that aspect in their affairs. Some experts told me the infidelity gap is closing partly due to more women being out in the workforce. In work, we have an increased exposure to potential sexual partners more time apart from spouses, more travel opportunities, and people tend to have flings when they travel, and a greater financial independence, which can make getting caught seem like less of a potential catastrophe. Technology may also be helping women when it comes to sexual exploration. With various social media platforms and apps affording us discrete opportunities for infidelity, but acting on your desires requires having desires. So there has been a shift in the way women experience. So has there been a shift in, in the way that women experience desire? After all this, this contradicts what we're told so often about a woman's sexuality. It's that women who have lower libidos than men or that men are the ones who go off uh, for sex in relationships relationships. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think um, it is a biological thing. I think men, I know men have 10 times the amount of testosterone that women have. So of course, he's going to go off and find sex. I don't think um, women go find sex for similar reasons. It's not because they have a 
biological drive that's forcing them to go out there like men do. Um, they're doing it, if they are um, unfaithful, they're doing it for other reasons. Okay. But new research is now helping us to rediscover the truth about female libido that had been forgotten due to hundreds of years of social convention and strict morality codes that ostracize women who are unfaithful or merely sexual as well. So are there morality codes? Of course there are. Have the morality codes kept uh, women in line? Of course. Female libido, no. (laughs) I'm going to say no to that. So I don't think there's some magical female libido that's out there that that has been forgotten for hundreds of years. Um, No, I I don't think it works the same way. So I'm going to say no to that. So let's get back. They're saying what the researchers discovered by talking to women, um, their survey consisted of women ages 20 to 90 who've either cheated on their partners or considered it is that women's libidos are far stronger and more adventurous than we thought. I don't think so. Women are cheating for different reasons. It has nothing to do, usually has nothing to do with libido. Until recently, women have tended to blame themselves for a lack of desire. This one I'm going to agree with. I think we are people pleasers. So, yes, I think women do blame themselves for lack of desire. So psychologists and other experts are suggesting, however, that it's not that the women lose interest in sex per se. It's that they they simply stop being interested in sex with their other half. Now, this one I agree with. That is true. Something that the other half is doing is causing them to not want to have sex. The researcher claims women may struggle with the routine of marriage and becoming over-familiarized with their spouse. The study is following 19 women in a long-term study about low desire. They are all in long relationships they describe as being happy. She agrees the issue of a sinking libido, that I guess that's the researcher, Um, isn't one of hormone levels or because it's a turnoff if he doesn't pull his weight at home. But the fact that women are just more likely than men to lose interest in the same partner. Uh, I'm going to say not true to this one. Women are not more likely than men to lose interest in the same partner. I think it does have to do with, oh, he doesn't pull his weight at home. So therefore, she's not too motivated to have sex with the guy because she feels frustrated in this other area. Again, uh, most women are emotional creatures, so how they feel directly affects if and when and how they're going to have sex. So that's way more, that feature is way more important uh, to women than it is for men. Okay, the researcher goes on to say, what was once sexy and pushing boundaries in dating, marriage tends to make things routine in ways that especially impact women. Okay, so here's my take. It doesn't just, quote, unquote, especially impact women. It's more that we don't feel special, where if you read my book, um, Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever, I call this attribute 
third C, which is caring. So if the guy doesn't give a rip, if the guy isn't making her feel special, she's going to lose interest in sex. Whether or not she wants sex or not, she may not want sex with you, but she wants sex with somebody else because guess what? The somebody else is making her feel more special and important, and she gets that that craved attention that we long for. The researchers' work suggests that women long for and respond to lustful gazes from strangers. It's not that it's a lustful gaze. It's more, more clearly it's because we long for attention. The researchers' findings and other data contradict everything we're told about women needing intimacy and familiarity to feel sex. No, that's not true. We still need to feel intimacy. We still need to have familiarity to feel sexy to have sex. It's just that we have justification now to step outside the marriage. It is a double standard. He doesn't have justification, but we do. But we do. Look at all the cheating websites for women there are. When women display bad behavior, somehow it's dismissed. Let's say the bad behavior is unfaithfulness. Heck, if you're a woman, you can kill a person like your child or your husband and not go to jail where the same treatment does not apply to women. We've talked about this aspect many times before the court system's the court system does favor women, treats them much more light, lightly than the same crime that's committed by men. While none of the researchers' study group have actually been unfaithful, she says, while so many women experiencing low desire in a long-term relationship know that if they did step out, their desire would probably be back in a snap. <laughs> oh, boy. You, this can be said of both partners. Give them George Clooney or alternatively Charlize Theron, and the libido is going to kick into action. You know, they might not be happy with their mate, but shoot, have somebody that's sexy that they dream about. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. They're going to not have that low libido anymore. That's for darn sure. While we tend to assume that men like to sow their wild oats, but women search for the, for the one, some scientists suggest that it's women more than men who actually need the new when it comes to sex. To this I say, nay, nay. A 2017 study of more than 11,000 uh, British men and, and women Age from 16 to 74 found women who lived with a partner were twice as likely as cohabiting men to lose uh, interest in sex. <laughs> now, this survey is very misleading, and I hate the way they come to their conclusions. Do women lose interest in sex? Yes. Is it because of their husband? No. Here's my opinion on this. It's because of the kids. And if the female happens to have a male child, oh, brother, look out. Mothers often attach themselves to their sons and use them as a surrogate for their husbands, especially if the husband is lacking in some area. You know, that's why they're losing interest. It's not the husband. 
Um, another reason women lose interest in sex is that, is that they are just too darn tired. Cooking, cleaning, doing homework with the kids, planning, it's just all too. So what happens after an affair? Well, Claire, who's 40 years old, is a school receptionist. She's married to her husband, Rob, who's a civil servant. They have two children, and Claire had a six-week affair during her marriage. She says, I never imagined I could be unfaithful, but when I was feeling unloved and vulnerable, I'm ashamed to admit it, I strayed. I had never cheated before, and I was filled with guilt. So she decided to cheat on her husband because her marriage was emotionless and she felt alone. So like I say, um, you know, women are driven by their emotions. So that's going to dictate, you know, their, their further actions. So he was still interested in sex, but she was not. She was not satisfied. She felt that the sex was cold and not loving. And in public, he was distant, and he didn't compliment her. Um, if he had only shown some warmth, she said, I would have never have cheated, but alone. So I get it. She goes on to say, I found it difficult to keep my emotions in check at work, so I wasn't surprised when my boss, who was married, asked for a word in his office. The door closed and he pulled up a chair next to me. He asked if everything was all right. I blurted out my troubles. He was sympathetic and invited me over for dinner. My husband was away with work and I immediately said yes. I assumed it was an innocent offer, but with hindsight, deep down, it felt flattering that someone, especially someone good looking, was paying attention to me. I dressed up. My affair was a confidence boost, but it felt, but it filled me with guilt. She goes on to say, I was surprised when I arrived to discover his wife was away, but after dinner, we kissed and one, one thing led to another. She goes on to say, I told myself it would happen only once, but my boss sent me a series of flattering texts and I just couldn't resist. <laughs> What did I tell you guys? Women need attention. So if you guys are not doing the attention, this is what this kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. The sexually charged words made her feel desirable when all her husband did was criticize her. The secrecy was intoxicating and exciting too. It was a huge confidence boost. Yet I was filled with guilt, she says. My marriage limped on for another year, but eventually we divorced. I am so happy to have met Rob and fallen in love again. I can't ever imagine being unfaithful to him. And to that I say, <laughs> cheaters usually cheat again. So that's not necessarily true. So if you risked it once, you probably will risk it again. So Buyer beware. All right, let's go back to the survey. And they're saying that uh, in the first three years of a relationship, women are twice as likely to become sexually bored. Oh, my. 
Okay, so one experiment involved men and women being shown pornographic films while their physical responses were monitored. Okay, fascinatingly, the bodies of women who described themselves as heterosexual responded to just about everything they saw, whether it was straight, gay, or lesbian sex. Okay, so here's my take on that. I don't know that this is true. I have often heard that women are not turned on by porn, no matter what it is. So it's just wishful thinking to say, oh, across the board, women are turned on no matter what, no matter what they they see, right? So straight men, the report goes on to say, um, had narrower tastes. Their bodies more predictably turned on by men and women or women and women. Okay, well, this part I do agree with. Men do have more fetishes and specific things that they like. So when it comes to porn, I agree with this finding. Men are very specific with, with regard to this, with what they watch. All right, so the researchers uh, said that in the recent work in this area suggests that women's desires are broader than previously thought, but there's their libidos are also stronger than we have been led to believe. All right. So to that, I say I disagree. I say they're skewing their findings and for the wrong reasons. They're trying to make a point. They're trying to make it, you know, uh, socially acceptable for women to be unfaithful. So to that end, I feel that this, that this report is very biased in the message that they're trying to uh, lay out there just to make it seem like it's okay for women to cheat. You know, the social norms are going away, which they are going away, by the way. But I don't, I think they're drawing conclusions um, that are not necessarily reflective of, of what the, the surveys and the re- research shows. All right, let's go back to the report. In another experiment, male and female participants watched an erotic film and then assessed their inclination to have sex. Men and women reported almost identical degrees of desire. Another test revealed that female participants were just as turned on by the prospect of sex with a stranger as straight men were. All right, so here's my opinion on that one. Sex with a stranger is a common female fantasy. That's, That's a given. So... That being said, it doesn't make the reality, it doesn't make the fantasy be more prevalent in reality. It's just in women's minds. It's like, you know, a lot of women have uh, rape fantasies. It doesn't mean that she's actually going to follow through with it. It's just a fantasy in her mind to get turned on. doesn't mean that they act on it. So women don't act on having sex with a stranger because there is element, there is the threat of physical danger. This person may hurt you. He may kill you. He may, um, you know, uh, trap you. He may do physical harm to you in some way. Um, You know, so that's the reason why women are not, you know, going out with with men, with strange men, um, you know, on a regular basis. Now, men are more likely to act on sex with a stranger as they don't experience the same level of threat with a woman. 
All right. Okay, so according to the researcher, the key to understanding the difference between men and women is understanding the difference between responsive desire and spontaneous desire. Okay, so when it comes to responding to erotic stimulation, women show levels of passion that rival, rival do men. So the report says. So here's what I think. If it's a person she knows, like the, above, like the above example with her boss, she may cave to such cravings. So to that I say yes. But if it's truly a stranger, like I say, I think women are going to be highly cautious in those kinds of situations. But why would women crave variety? After all, since Darwin, it has been accepted that a woman is biologically programmed to seek out one mate who can provide for and protect her while she brings up her babies. Meanwhile, men are designed to spread their genetic material far and wide. If they have affairs, it's because their evolutionary makeup means they just can't help it, right? Yet the latest evolutionary research turns that whole idea on its head. This is what the researchers are writing. So I don't buy that for a minute. I don't buy that any evolution is turning on its head anytime soon. It's like the way it is for a reason. Men are in charge of procreating. And the reason why they're in charge is because of the hormone called testosterone. So if procreating were the task of women, it is my opinion that we would die out as a species in 30 years because, you know, it, it would just not be happening. In fact, some scientists now suggest that women who need new experiences to keep interested because of how things went in our evolutionary prehistory. To that I say, doubtful. I don't think so. <laughs> Okay. Uh, They go on to say it turns out that there are sound evolutionary reasons why we are programmed to get bored, making love to the same man and lust after others. Um, Hello, here's my opinion on that. We get bored, especially if we are not satisfied. I mean, come on, it's basic 101. You don't have to blame it on something else. It's because we're not satisfied. If we're satisfied, <laughs> we're not going to be strained because we know there's, a, you know there's water in that fountain, so to speak. All right. All right. The report goes on to say, forget the popular image of the fur-clad caveman going off to hunt while his woman looks after their baby. There's a growing theory among anthropologists that we evolved not as monogamous pairs, but as cooperative breeders. Okay, first of all, let's set this story straight. We are, quote-unquote, we are not monogamous. Men are inherently polygamous because they're the creators, right? They're worried about creating their next offspring. That's why they have to have frequent sex, because they're answering the call of testosterone. So they are constantly on the hunt for, you know, where the next lay is, so to speak. So it's 
serves no purpose, biologically speaking, for women to be polygamous. She can only get pregnant one man at a time. So I don't understand the logic with what they're saying. The researchers would go on to say, in this way of life, loose bands of men and women raise their young collectively and very likely mated with multiple partners. Oh, okay, come on now. Outside of Israel, I don't know of any other groups of women who mate loosely and raise their children collectively in a village, you know, like in a kibbutz, right? Um, maybe the exception to that is in Utah when the man has multiple wives, Mormon women do raise their children collectively. You know, they all share each other's, the raising of, of, of the children uh, collectively, but ultimately they are faithful to one man, okay, to the one husband among the many wives. Outside of those two examples, I really don't see what the researchers are talking about. Um, they go on to say for early humans, Female promiscuity was, under certain circumstances, a smart reproductive and social strategy. Well, um, my thought is there are some low-income women who do have sex indiscriminately. How far does that get them? So I don't see how this being promiscuous benefits women. How far does that get them? They usually, these women usually remain poor and uneducated and they don't give their offspring a better chance at life. We've talked about this, uh, this aspect on the show many times before, how children who do have present dads do way better at, at the chance of life. They are more educated. They don't uh, engage in crime. They go on to lead a successful lives. So having indiscriminate sex as a female, I don't know what they're talking about with there's some advantage to it or there's some, you know, great news by, by doing it that way. To me, I don't see any benefit at all. And there's a lot of negatives for being promiscuous. All right. Social, socially speaking, as well as not only for your life, but for the lives of your children. All right, so the researchers turn their focus now um, to say that couples who do something new together often report the resurgence of puppy love. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. Sleeping with a number of men hedged against a single partner with poor fertility could increase chances of being impregnated at your fertile time. Boy, they are really going for a stretch, aren't they? Um, I didn't realize that doing something new, quote unquote, meant finding new partners to bed. Oh, gee. Um, maybe you find something new to do with your mate, but <laughs> I mean, unless you guys are, are, uh, shoot, I can't think of the word now. Um, you know, unless you guys are swingers, like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think that's the way to find something new to do in bed is, uh, you know, is going to help your, your uh, love relationship. All right. So the researchers then have to pull the last, last shots 
It is their theory that the unpredictable nature of a woman's orgasm, the female capacity for multiple orgasms, and the need for cumulative stimulation to have an orgasm, meaning the buildup, was biology's way was biology's way of encouraging with a variety of men in rapid succession. <laughs> All right. So, wow, here's my opinion. That's really a stretch of a conclusion. Women's orgasms can be complicated and elusive. That aspect gives both partners a reason to seek ways to get her to the finish line. It will keep her happier, which will make both of you happy. So if one man couldn't give us sexual satisfaction in a single copulatory bout, uh, perhaps another or another few could get us there. Well, really, I, I <laughs> it seems like these researchers really do have an agenda here. Good grief. Um, All right, so they go on to say it may be a comfort to many despairing wives to learn that their disinterest in sex is actual, actually sexual boredom and is likely a part of a woman's biological makeup and not because they don't love their husband. Oh, boy. I don't believe this at all. She can love the husband all she wants but still not get off. The wife deserves to get off, too. And if she can't, they should part ways and she should find somebody else. That's it. Cheating doesn't have to be the answer. Um, They're just not meant to be with each other. That's all there is. And if if sex is high under her list and she wants to have good sex and he's not providing it, just leave. Go find somebody else. All right, the researchers go on to say for centuries the script has been written for us. Women, unlike men, are not meant to be sexually voracious, and we've been brought up to believe sexual satisfaction is not something we should actively be seeking. Well, I believe that's true. You know, it's it's a way to keep us moral. It's a way to keep us. Uh, the little woman and standing down and not asking for we, for what we want. I think those times are changing, but um, I think up until recently that has been more or less true. As more, they go on to say, as more and more women now start to assert themselves in this area of their lives, some find themselves breaking society's taboos, whether through infidelity or exploring more open relationships. How about you just leave? Really? Good grief. Maybe you chose the wrong person, or maybe you didn't know what sex was like, or maybe the sex was good at one point, and now it's not. Just leave. Good grief. Many more, they go on to say, many more are keen to make the conventional monogamous marriages work. Oh, yay. One professor of psychology says it is still possible to keep the spark of excitement alive. A strong predictor of desire in long-term relationships um, is when couples make an effort to do something new together. And I'm not talking just about sex, this researcher writes. It could be something like skydiving, taking a dance class, or heck, even going on a zip line. 
So when couples participate in new and thrilling activities together, they often report a resurgence of puppy love from seeing their partner from a new angle. And the simple fact is that our partners don't stay the same over time. If we want to be monogamous, we can look for and find novelty in that same person. All right, so here's what I think about that. I think it's less a matter of looking for and more a matter of doing. Couples who make things happen are obviously going to get better results. No one is going to seek out new things. You know, they're not going to do it on their own. It has to be a concerted, concerted effort, and you both have to plan for it. You both have to do it and keep the, the doing part of it a routine, whether it be once a week or once a month or whatever it is. It's not going to just fall from the sky. These activities aren't going to end up in your lap. You're going to have to seek things out. So for some couples, it might be something physical, like they're saying, dancing, skydiving, or sports-related activity. For other couples, it might be, you know, uh, going on a wine-tasting tour, or it might be something uh, in the creative world or something in the arts. could be anything. Just, you know, and it could be a mixture of back and forth. Maybe sometimes you make the activity physical. Maybe you make the activity a non-physical event. It could be something as mundane as walking around the farmer's market and exploring new things. So anyway, in summary, I think this report was quite biased. I think they're just giving a stamp of approval to women to cheat and be rotten human beings. You know, I'm all for having great sex. Yes, they should have great sex. But if they can't figure out a way a way to make that happen. In my opinion, the couple does not deserve to be together. They need to split up and call it a day. That's just how it is. All right. So I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, if you happen to like our show, there's many ways that you can show your love. You can listen, call, subscribe, chat, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, start with my Amazon link, Download my app and buy my book on Amazon. Again, the name of the book is Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. It's a must-have. There's so many things in there that you uh, think you know how to solve, think you know how to handle, but you really don't. I'm giving you the real deal. It's so cool to have a woman be on your side to tell you how things are run and how to get confidence in the areas uh, that you're not so confident in, right? Okay. Um, also, we have an archive of, of uh, shows that you can catch up if you're a new listener. For example, last week we were talking about uh, shake up your re- relationship. Is your relationship getting stale and boring? Is it a eat, Netflix, and pass out uh, daily ritual? Have the years done nothing but add routine and habit to your union? Let's look at a few ways to bring new life into your relationship. So you can listen to that show. 
many different ways to listen to the show. You can type into Google the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross, and you'll find the number one way is on SoundCloud. You can go through five years of, of my previous shows. We're also available on the TuneIn app, of course, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can look at the archive shows on Blog Talk Radio as well. And please subscribe to Blog Talk Radio, and you'll get updates on when the next show is and who's coming up and, you know, what the topic is and all that good stuff, right? So subscribe. Make that happen. Um, I look forward to seeing you. You can always uh, write to me. You can DM me on IG. My handle is Linda Gross Speaks. That's Linda Gross Speaks. If you want a topic to be covered or you want me to have a particular guest, um, DM me. Or on Facebook, again, same name as the show, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. That's my page. You can PM me and give me your opinion on what you want to hear. Okay? All right. So bye for now. We are, we'll see you each and every Tuesday right here on Blog Talk Radio. We're usually on at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Blog Talk Radio. And again, the name, the, the name of the show is The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Bye for now. We'll see you next time.